Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 314. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Therapists, interested in making it easier for your clients to use their out-of-network benefits for therapy? Visit thesuperbill.com to learn more about Superbill, a service that can help your clients get reimbursed without having to jump through hoops. Getting started is simple. Clients go to thesuperbill.com to complete a quick HIPAA-compliant sign-up process, and you send their super bills directly to us so we can file claims with their insurance companies. No more spending hours on the phone wrangling with insurance companies for reimbursement. Superbill eliminates that hassle and clients pay only a low monthly fee for the service. Stay tuned for details on Superbill's therapist referral program and a special discount for your clients to get a free month of service at thesuperbill.com. Today's episode is sponsored by TraumaTherapistNetwork.com. Trauma is real. Healing is possible. Help is available. Find information, resources, and locate a therapist in your area at TraumaTherapistNetwork.com. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. Today, I'm very excited to be bringing you a conversation with Dr. Niasha Grayman, and we are talking about nature therapy for traumatic grief. I loved talking with her. She just has a really warm presence that I could feel in our conversation, and I'm sure that her clients can feel it as well. I'm going to tell you a lot more about Niasha in just a minute. But first, before we get into our conversation, I just want to make sure you know that if you're a trauma therapist or a therapist who has experience and training in working with trauma survivors, even if you don't necessarily normally call yourself a trauma therapist, we need you. Please consider joining Trauma Therapist Network before February 1st. If you join before February 1st for $33 a month, you'll get a beautiful profile listing. And then beginning in March, you will have access to one call per week. Calls are focused on case consultation, training, self-care, and networking and connection. So for only $33 a month, you not only get a great way to market your practice and let clients who are looking for trauma therapy find you, 
but also you will have this ongoing support of four calls per month and community, which we all need. So go to www.traumatherapistnetwork.com to sign up for that. All right, now back to talking about Dr. Grayman. Dr. Niasha Grayman is a licensed psychotherapist in Maryland, USA, with certifications in grief counseling, trauma treatment, and telemental health. She holds a bachelor's degree from Spelman College, a master's in counseling from NYU, and a PhD in counseling psychology, also from New York University. Dr. Grayman has a boutique practice, Wisdom Counseling Baltimore LLC, where she specializes in working with bereaved African-American adults. She's also an associate professor of psychology and Africana studies at a Baltimore, Maryland area college. She joined me to talk about her book, Seasonal Therapeutic Encounters with Nature Journal, 52 Experiences for Baltimoreans. And she's talking about trauma, grief, and nature therapy. She talked about why it's important to use embodied practices in healing from trauma and traumatic grief. And she talks about using nature as the co-therapist. So it's really interesting how she structures her practice. And she so whether you're a therapist who's interested in how grief can heal using nature encounters, even how she created her book and how she encourages others to do similar books, which I thought was a beautiful idea, or if you're a therapist who's interested in how she set up her practice in a way that's very unique and I thought fascinating. I mean, it makes total sense. You're going to enjoy this conversation. And if you're someone who's grieving, I hope that you'll Find some hope and comfort in the ideas that Nyasha shares in our conversation about how one can heal in nature while grieving. So let's dive right into my conversation with Dr. Nyasha Grayman. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and today I'm so happy to be talking with my guest, Dr. Niasha Grayman. Niasha, thank you for coming to Therapy Chat today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so glad that we finally made this happen. We've been working on it since the summer. Yes, two busy people with many responsibilities <laughs> struggling to put keep something on the calendar. And I'm really glad it's working out. I'm grateful to you for being so flexible about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I've been interested in talking with you ever since I found out about your book, which is called Seasonal Therapeutic Encounters with Nature Journal. Mm-hmm. Right there, that beautiful name just caught my attention. <laughs> 52 experiences for Baltimoreans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love that because even that just is so like it sparked curiosity because it's like 52 experiences for Baltimoreans. And even some of the things you said when we were talking about it, I thought it's a really cool way that you're doing this. You're not like, this is my book. My book is the thing for all to to be all end all, but right. Right. Something specific for Baltimore, which is beautiful. Right. Right. Not a place that people always think of as full of nature, but we have so much green here. Absolutely. So before we get into talking about your book, can you just start off by telling our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm Dr. Niasha Grayman, and I am an African-American grief and bereavement therapist. I have a boutique grief and bereavement therapy practice in Baltimore called Wisdom Counseling Baltimore. And I call it boutique because I take on no more than one new client a month. 
and work with no more than three clients at a time because I'm focusing on traumatic grief. And we know that that work is, is very involved and emotionally taxing. And I really put a lot into it, an integrative approach. And so I, I really want to keep the numbers small. I'm also an associate professor of psychology and Africana studies at a Baltimore area college, Goucher College in the county. And I am a mother and a wife and a fur mama to a one-year-old Moyen poodle. Oh, yes. That's a little bit about me. I write a lot, a lot of scholarly articles. The journal is my first book. If you want to, you know, I don't know if I really think of it as a book because it's, you know, a, a journal. And I also have a Lamentations and Hope card deck that is also available, focusing on the experiences of human suffering and hope from a biblical perspective. So my therapy practice does incorporate Christian theology and biblical scholarship, and I operate within the Black church tradition. Okay. It's a little bit about the practice, and the practice serves African-American adults in Maryland exclusively. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. So there's a lot of pieces to what you just shared that I'm very curious about. And the first part is traumatic grief. Yes. Traumatic so, grief. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought it was amazing what you just said about how you keep your practice really small mm -hmm. and acknowledgement of how, you know, how much energy it takes to do that work. Yes. Yes. What's well, interesting, I, I, before we started the recording, I was telling you how I am a fan of the podcast and a follower. And I've been following your podcast probably for a couple of years. And as I was creating the boutique practice, your shows really informed my thinking. So mm -hmm. it was both your shows that focused on trauma and trauma therapy and the idea of bottom-up processing and also the episodes that focused on grief and the episodes that focused on nature therapy. And they, so they kind of came together and spoke to me in a way that I was already thinking, but yeah, your, your podcast was really instrumental in helping me to solidify this integrative approach that I use. That's also structured. I remember when we first connected electronically, one of the things that you said was that you were really interested in the way that I formatted the website, my practice website, because on the first page, it says, if you're experiencing any of the following symptoms, then, you know, my grief therapy services may be useful to you. And the symptoms are listed in a way that are, that's consistent with bottom-up processing. Mm -hmm. So the first set of symptoms were about physiological symptoms, sensory symptoms, cognitive, emotional, social. And I remember you remarked that you thought it was really interesting that I presented that on the front page, on the homepage of the website. And I, I, I thought that, yeah, your podcast actually helped me to think through how to present 
what it is that I do and how it is that I work. I'm so moved that you found something, you know, beneficial in listening. That really means so much to me. And so nice of you to tell me that. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, I, I just think that based on what I see and what I saw in your site, you know, this is really beautiful. And I I keep saying beautiful because it's like, it feels very embodied the way you're presenting the way you work. And with my experience with working in Baltimore, the city itself, you know, there's, there's a lot of agencies and there's a lot of organizations that are there to serve and there's a lot of need to be served. And, but some of the ways that the organizations try to serve, it doesn't feel, it feels like the humanity is missing. Right. Right. Well, I thought to myself, again, as I was in the process of, of crafting this practice, what would it look like if we actually implemented the science and what we know in terms of best practice around traumatic experience? And so those elements to me looked like an embodied practice, a nature-based practice, an expressive practice Mm -hmm. that incorporated expressive arts, a bottom-up practice. So I, I appreciate you observing that, that intentionality to pull together what our field is saying, this is what best practice looks like. It looks like incorporating somatics, movement. It looks like incorporation of expressive arts in in different ways. And so I wanted to give clients the traumatic grief therapy that I needed. Mm -hmm. And so we already talked about, I'm not going to tell my whole traumatic loss story, but I am 10 years into a traumatic loss journey. And this is the practice that I offer is the therapy that I needed, that the practitioners just didn't know, you know, was what was called for at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just as you're talking, it just feels like the earth-based aspect of it feels really important somehow. It's very important. The nature-based element to the therapy is foundational. Similar to what some of your other guests have said on the show, I do think of nature as my co-therapist. Mm-hmm. It's integrated, interventions in nature are integrated into every single session. And when I first start working with a client, I'm working with that client every day, five days a week, and then four days and three, we titrate down. And they are spending at least 15 minutes in nature during that session. And I have a virtual practice, but I still have clients and they know this when they sign up to work with me, that we are going to identify a green space, either near your home or near your job, depending on, you know, where you're going to be logging on for our sessions. And that is going to be your home green space for our, you know, initially our daily sessions and then our weekly sessions. And so they know that they are going to be outside, weather permitting, for our sessions. And after the, maybe the mindful walk or whatever mindful experience I'm assigning for those 15 minutes, they may stay outside for the rest of the session, or they may go in their car for the session or go into another private space, but nature is integral to the work. And so 
I am not the therapist for you if you do not want to go outside or if you're not open to that. And people who sign up to work with me, they are open to that, even if they've never done it before. And a good number have never done it before and think it's a unique experience like this is uh, therapy as well. Oh, absolutely. And then between sessions on the weekends, I assign a nature encounter from the journal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we have 52 that are in the journal. So there are enough encounters to last the year, every season. So I want people thinking about, I want the people that I work with and also people who use the journal who I don't work with to think about ways that they can be in nature year round. Mm-hmm. This is so interesting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is so cool. Like, so I'm curious now with the way that you work five days, four days, three days, is it a shorter term model or is like how, what's, you, you mentioned that it's structured. So, I mean, right. that part, I still want to ask you about traumatic grief, but this part is like really interesting. I just like to get some of these details. Yeah. So it's structured to the initial week, I say the initial 18 sessions, So initial 18 sessions over eight weeks, five, four, three, two, one, and then once a week for the second week. And then the client decides whether they want to continue for open-ended or whether they feel that they have enough resources to continue the grief journey on its own. I think one of the things we talked about before we started recording was a distinction between traumatic grief and grief, Mm -hmm. non-traumatic grief. And I think when we're talking about traumatic grief, you're really talking about someone whose symptoms look a lot like post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms, acute stress, traumatic stress symptoms. So oftentimes in the clients I work with, I see primarily overactive sympathetic nervous system responses. I don't see as much of the parasympathetic with the very low energy. I typically see really overactivated sympathetic nervous systems. And we are working on that front end very intensely to try and stabilize the nervous system. Like I said, after 18 sessions, the client decides whether they want to continue. I've had a range. Most of the clients have continued. And then that may look like three months of work, six months, a year, a year and a half is the longest. I've had a client work with me thus far. The practice is still pretty new. It started January 2020. So we'll see what comes with the, you know, with time. But we're looking at just thinking again about the the stabilization and the focus on calming the nervous system. Part of the daily work involves the such check, so subjective units of distress. And the goal is that by the end of those 18 sessions, that all of those symptoms are below clinical level. And thus far, it's been my experience that all of the clients have, by the end of 18 sessions, had reports of clinical symptoms below distress, clinical distress levels. That's great. Thank you. (laughs) So for the traumatic grief and how it's different from non-traumatic grief, is it question of the symptoms the person presents? Is it the type of loss or the way that the, the person they love or care about passed? 
Is that one of the aspects of it? Or like how, how do people know when it's traumatic grief? Right. Well, the way I assess is with the symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I, I front load the psychoeducation on the website. So it is the symptoms and it's the degree of distress that you're experiencing with the symptoms, not necessarily the way that the loved one died and not necessarily the length of time. Now, we do see traumatic grief as being more prevalent when a loved one has died suddenly. Mm -hmm. You're more likely to encounter someone who's experiencing traumatic grief symptoms in that state and also someone who's experiencing disenfranchised grief. So when the loved one has died in a way that has a lot of stigma surrounded, such as death by suicide and death by homicide. So those are most likely to elicit traumatic grief response, but it could be the nature of the death is varied. It's really about the suddenness and then also thinking about the the nature of the attachment Mm. to the person who died could also be a main factor in whether or not traumatic grief reactions come up. Okay. Well, so that makes me wonder about... Like, I know you're saying you work with adults. When I originally learned about traumatic grief, it was, well, it was childhood traumatic grief. Oh, interesting. But that doesn't mean, you know, I I think a lot of losses and a lot of traumas that occur in childhood have a larger impact because of the innate powerlessness of being a child. Yeah. Being dependent on someone else, you know? Absolutely. And one of the things I find, and I think most people who work with grief find is that grief ends up being a portal to a host of unresolved grief Uh, over a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Hey therapists, this is Laura Reagan. If you listen to this show regularly, you're hearing a lot about trauma and attachment, and you probably know these two underlying concerns are what drive most people to seek therapy regardless of how the symptoms present. The good news is trauma is becoming a buzzword. And that's great because more people are discovering there's a reason they feel the way they do. And now they can name what they need help with, but they need to find therapists who can help them. And that's where you come in. Join Trauma Therapist Network's therapist directory now at the founding member price of $33 a month. And you'll receive a beautiful listing that can function as a web page if you don't want to set up your own site or even if you have your own. And you can include links to videos of yourself, blog posts, and you're part of a community. Right now we have quarterly calls for all members. Our first one happened in October and it was lovely. Everyone said they really enjoyed it, but I'm adding more content that will begin to be available March 1st, 2022. And if you sign up for February 1st, you'll be locked in at the founding member price of $33 a month. February 1st, the price is going to go up to $97 a month to reflect added value of these new offerings. And everybody who signs up as a founding member for $33 a month will get all that content beginning March 1st, as long as you keep your membership. I'm really excited about what's to come. We're going to have weekly live calls, four per month, and one will be a Q&A, one will be focused on self-care, one will be case consultation, 
and one will be training on a certain topic. Hurry on over to traumatherapistnetwork.com to sign up and become a founding member of this beautiful community of wonderful, passionate, and skilled trauma therapists. We need you. People who have trauma are out there looking for you, and they don't know how to discern that you specialize in trauma. So come on over to the Trauma Therapist Network and get listed. Join our community and this movement, traumatherapistnetwork.com. So when you say a portal, like there's other unresolved grief experiences that the person isn't necessarily pointing to or aware of as impacting them, but not as part of the initial presentation, but inevitably comes up. Yeah. I would say in a hundred percent of the cases I've worked with. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Life is hard, (laughs) right? I mean, I don't know what the statistics are around the percentage of individuals who that have experienced adverse childhood experiences, you know, have ACE experiences, but I would suspect it's the majority. Yeah. Well, I know that 61% of adults have experienced at least one adverse childhood experience, but the whole, not that I'm critical of the the study by no means am I critical of that, but it's the, the one event could be, you know, loss of a parent that's during childhood. That's mm-hmm. a huge, mm-hmm. that's not really like one event. It's like mm, that's all the point. ways the person wasn't there. The right. whole time, you know, right, right. That's from, a good point. from the point that they passed. Right. That's a, that's a really good point. And then thinking about, again, that distinction between traumatic grief and non-traumatic grief, I think the stats show that maybe 30% of people who are bereaved are going to fall into the traumatic grief category, that a good 70% of folks, you know, traverse a grief journey without needing a therapeutic intervention. But for the 30%, they need a more intensive source of support. Yeah. You know, and it just, when I hear you say about being together five days a week, you know, I don't know what comes to mind is like that idea of just walking along that journey with the person. Yeah. Yeah. I think of it as companioning, which Alan Wolfett grief educator and writer says, I love that language that you are companioning. That's the vision I have. I visualize myself companioning the person on a trail in nature as they're experiencing their journey. And from my own personal experience of traumatic loss, I'm a companion that maybe knows just a little bit about what's coming up ahead as we're walking on the path and may be able to suggest maybe we should take this this way let's go by the stream or let's watch out for the change in weather that's coming or the branches that are going to be falling and that's that's how I see myself yeah as a companion on the journey Mm -hmm. that that sounds so healing thank you Another piece of what you were talking about that kind of surprised me just now is that you're able to do nature-based therapy with your clients virtually. Right, right. That people should not feel as though they're limited Mm -hmm. by technology. My clients have been completely on board for virtual nature therapy. 
and it's worked well. Now, I usually engage in my own nature-based practice before I get on. So I, I'm not outside with the clients. I'm typically inside while they're outside, but I do my practice right before I get on with them. And so I have a, a good sense even of what the weather is like and whether we should move it inside. But yeah, I'm, I'm indoors and they're outdoors. Is there a reason why that's a good way to do it? That, you know, that you're not outdoors too? I don't think I have a really good reason other than <laughs> I think I've thought a little bit about logistics. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to find myself dealing with racing back to yeah. the office space, you know, when the client is logging on right before I log on. I like to engage in a, you know, a deep breathing pace, breathing practice and just be centered and settled. So I don't want to be on the move while the client is also on the move. And like mm -hmm. I said, dealing possibly with the logistics of uh, street noise or traffic, you know, things of that nature. Yeah, I can, I, that makes sense. And I can see like that it could be that it's more, you're kind of eliminating that you would have distractions. Right. So you can kind of focus on just them and their experience while you're where you are. Right. I can focus on them and their experience. I can focus on their environment, which yeah. I'm doing as well. So I'm trying to actually virtually place myself in the space they are occupying in nature. And so if I'm asking the client to do a mindful walk, observing the trees, the height of the trees, the width of the trees, the width of the trunk, the bark on the trunk, they are on FaceTime, you know, using their secure, simple practice portal, I can see the trees that they see as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what's in your book. What what are these 52 exercises? Yes. So not that you need to tell me all 52, but just right? you know, <laughs> right. an idea. Right. Just to give a flavor. I, I I think of the work as operating in cycles in harmony with the seasons. And so the 52 weeks are divided by the seasons and not quite the seasons as they change with the calendar year. But for example, September, October, and November, I classify as the fall season and have activities for each of the weeks of that season. And so I want to make sure that I'm introducing or reintroducing clients to natural rhythms that happen throughout the calendar year that they may overlook in everyday life because we're so busy. We spend so much time indoors. So I will, in October, at the beginning of October, remind the client that this is honey-making season. And I am going to assign you the task of going to Oregon Ridge in Baltimore County and going to their honey festival and learn about how to make honey. Just reminding, not just, I want to remind clients that they are a part of nature, mm -hmm. that they exist within a larger ecosystem that exists within a larger universe. And so the encounters are structured to remind clients of that because we know that when you're experiencing grief in particular, your vision, your thinking is so, your focus is so narrow 
your ability to attend is so narrow. And I use the nature experience as a way to rebroaden your horizon and your perspective. And so at the end of summer, I assign a sunflower picking at the Sunflower Garden in Westminster. I also want people getting out. So I, nature is amazing. It's sleep and nature. I feel like those are my two elixirs. <laughs> <laughs> I focus on helping clients develop, you know, good sleep hygiene, and I want them engrossed in nature. I want them getting out and about across the state of Maryland. So I do also assign journeys to Eastern Shore to walk the trails that Harriet Tubman occupied. And so thinking also about my practice, focusing exclusively on African-Americans, there's also an incorporation mm -hmm. of Maryland's African-American history in the nature encounters. They need to go to Fells Point where Frederick Douglass lived. They go to an arboretum also on Eastern Shore. And there is a self-guided freedom trail mm -hmm. at an arboretum on eastern shore that talks about the role of nature in the fight and flight for to freedom and so that you know is is something that is in there and it's intentionally in there in the month of june around juneteenth which commemorates the emancipation of or the realization of uh, you know formerly enslaved africans in texas that they were emancipated and I, I think really valuable, equally valuable, there are encounters that take place over the winter that folks are not just to be in their house in the winter. I want you to feel the cold air. I want you to see what the moon looks like in January. I want you to visit one of the centers in Baltimore and see if you can spot a bald eagle then and think that and understand that this is the time of year to try to do these things I want you to pick lavender you know from a lavender farm so that is a sensory sense, I experience of holistic yeah. sensory experience yes yes I think helps with symptoms of depression because they get up and out I mean if you're if you're it's a client like undoing isolation doing, that's right that's right absolutely and undoing isolation in a way that is less likely to overwhelm because mm -hmm. you're in an outdoor space. So you're not in a crowded indoor space contending with a lot of different bodies or a lot of interpersonal interaction. You can be alone together. Yeah. Yes. Wow. This is so lovely. I mean, I'm everything you're talking about when you talk about being connected to a larger universe and that's a spirituality, right. Oh, yes. And, you know, important sense of being, it's not just me, uh -huh. I'm not alone. I'm part of something. Yes. And the connection to like ancestors like yes. Harriet Tubman and, yes. and people who've come before. And, you know, I mean, Maryland has so much beauty and rich history, some of which we hear less about, but thankfully that's changing. Yeah, and this absolutely. is part of that too. Absolutely. And one of my goals when I created the journal was to create a template that I hoped and do hope will be replicated in other locales. So I want people to think about their place where they are situated and think of what 
experiences they could offer to their clients. And so I think that was, that's one thing that's really unique about the text. I have a lot of nature therapy books and really amazing ideas. And I thought, I, I think I want to create one that is specific to where I work. And I also wanted a way to organize and package for my clients, what I do and to put it all together, just that that's actually how it started was just wanting to put it together in a neat package that I could give to clients Mm -hmm. and as a resource and a reference while we're working rather than sending, you know, each individual assignment through the portal or or something. Exactly. Right. That is actually, that was the original motivation for creating the journal. You know, I just want to say one thing about that perspective that you just shared about this being a template for other people to create something similar. That's such an unselfish, generous, you know, way of approaching this, that you're not like, this is what I was kind of alluding to at the beginning, like, this is mine, this is mine, you know, competition. It's like, this is something that, you know, and it kind of goes along with the idea of nature-based therapy. This is for all of us. It's here. We can use it and it can help us and it's nature's free. I mean, some of the (laughs) places may not be free, but, you know, to go into, but you know, it's like very, it feels like connected in a way to people, humanity. I don't know I, right. I'm not the right words, but no, I understand what you mean. I mean, and that, I mean, that was the goal, right? That, it, that I think that we are in a society, not, I think I know that we are in a society that commodifies everything yes (laughs) that tries to commodify everything including nature and I mean they're they're problematic considerations even thinking about the journal and the land that you know was occupied by indigenous nations and and folks which I also incorporate in there but this is not something that we need to continue to try and seek ownership over yeah mm-hmm. so yeah if you are a therapist practicing in New York and you want to integrate nature, look at the journal, look at, I mean, you don't even need to buy the journal to look at the table of contents and just get a sense of how it's organized and think about the spaces in your environment that you could, you could pull together for, for client or other people, non-clients. Yeah. That's what it feels like when you said about land rights Mm -hmm. and you know, colonizers coming here and claiming, oh, this is our land. We, Mm -hmm. this is, we discovered this and Mm -hmm. where the people who were here before didn't, Mm -hmm. they didn't do it that way. They didn't Mm -hmm. say this land belongs to us. They're like, we are the people who live Mm -hmm. on this land, you know? Right. So that's sort of what it feels like with your book is like, I did this and you can do it and we can all have it. And it can be something beautiful that everyone can share and experience. And Mm -hmm. the more the merrier and the more, you know, who contribute to this makes it better. That's a, like a collectivist type of. I would love it. I would love to develop a collection of these journals. And so it's interesting that you, that you say that because one of my friends said, Oh, you should make, this journal for this area of New York. You should make one for Atlanta. I was like, no, 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 no. A therapist in Atlanta. 
someone in Atlanta to make one for Atlanta. I feel no, you know, sense of obligation or calling to create, right, exactly, ownership over the series. Like, now I'm creating the series, the San Francisco edition, the Seattle, Washington. No, no, you can, you, you do that. (laughs) You do that and I will buy it and I will be happy to support it. And when I visit those spaces, I will delight in, you know, having encounters that you've recommended. And ha- and hashtagging and putting them on Instagram. And hashtag <laughs> it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So I know we have to wrap up, but can you tell people where they can find all the good stuff you're doing? Thank you. Thank you for being here. I've really enjoyed this so much, but thank you. I've enjoyed it as well. So speaking of hashtag Instagram, (laughs) (laughs) the best way to find me is probably Instagram that Instagram will take you to, you know, all of the tributaries that I'm immersed in. And that is at Baltimore grief. on Instagram. Wonderful. Yes. Yasha, thank you really so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat. I have loved talking with you today and I hope everyone feels as inspired as I do when they're listening. Oh, thank you, Laura. Thank you for having me. I love Therapy Chat. If you're not following Therapy Chat, (laughs) I recommend you do hashtag Therapy Chat. (laughs) Hashtag follow at Baltimore Green. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. Therapists, if your practice doesn't accept insurance, go to thesuperbill.com to get started with Superbill, a service that can help your clients get reimbursed. Superbill is free for therapists and your clients can use the code THERAPYCHAT to get a free month of the service at thesuperbill.com. Also, you can earn $100 for every therapist you refer. After your clients complete the one-time HIPAA-compliant onboarding process, you can just send us their Superbills. Superbill will then file claims for your clients and track them all the way to reimbursement. By helping your clients get reimbursed without the stress of dealing with insurance companies, Superbill can increase your new client acquisition rate by over 25%. The next time a potential client asks if you accept insurance, let them know you partner with Superbill to help your clients receive reimbursement effortlessly. Visit thesuperbill.com to get started. Today's episode was sponsored by Trauma Therapist Network. Find information, resources, and connect with a trauma therapist near you at traumatherapistnetwork.com. Trauma is real. Healing is possible. Help is available. Traumatherapistnetwork.com. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today.